and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is You Did This to Us. Hello, everybody. My name is Brett Stewart. Joining me, as always, my wonderful co-hosts, David Luzader. How are you this fine evening? I am doing pretty good. I saw a, a pretty good movie today, which was really, which is really nice. I like seeing good movies. And now we have to talk about Paul Blart, which is not the movie I saw tonight. So that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> what movie yeah. did you see that was actually good? Upgrade. Ah, uh, wow. Really? That was good? Yeah, yeah right? It looks, like, it looks like poo from the trailer. You'd be surprised. Hmm. Well, speaking of poo, um, it is you did this to us week, but joining us as well, yeah. Nicole Davis, how are you? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, technical difficulties are also poo, and we've had quite a few of those this evening, so we're starting late, and I just can't wait to be up until like almost midnight talking about Paul Blart Mall Cop. I tell you what. <laughs> and that's really what you did this to us week spring. Uh, again, for those unfamiliar, we put out a poll a week ahead every five weeks that allows you, the audience, to go and vote on what we're going to be watching that coming week. Um, and there's always the mainstays, the, the rooms, and like, what else is always a mainstay? Hobo with a shotgun's been on the shotgun's house. come up quite a lot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Boss Baby is a new Boss. one that popped in. Um, that one really. Oh, the bodyguards showing up a couple times. The bodyguards, yeah. since I mentioned I didn't want to see it a couple weeks ago. Which <laughs> I will say, this, this movie is very, uh, very much like The Bodyguard, if I had to guess what The Bodyguard is about, because I've never seen it. No, this uh, movie is seems hard. <laughs> Only a little. <laughs> But enough, yeah, sure. But um, enough. I'm sure at some point they'll make us watch it. But uh, yeah. a bunch of you voted, and there was a very narrow tie between Boss Baby and Paul Blart's Mall Cop, and it got broken. Uh, why so couldn't it have been Boss Baby? It got we broken. I'll tell you why it got broken the way that it did. is because I sent the link when the, with the tie to Nick uh, Shermooksness, who is my co-host on the Heck Yeah Comics podcast, and he voted for Paul Blart Mall Cop because he used to work in the Burlington Mall. No. Yes. He works at. Oh. Well, he worked back right. in the day. He wasn't well, a security guard, was he? No, he or worked officer. in the Brookstone that is shown in the background. <laughs> 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 well, so, uh, Nicholas yeah. Daniel Dean Shermooksness, you did this to us. You did this to us. It's kind of like it's kind of like the first week. We can pin a specific person to this. It wasn't Matthew Sargent this time. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk yeah. a little bit about Paul Blart and Mall Cop. It came out in two thousand nine. A single suburban father, played by Kevin James, works at a mall as a security guard to make ends meet, and he takes his job very seriously, even though most of his colleagues and customers don't. As the holidays approach, Paul gets his moment to shine when Santa's little helpers shut down the mall and take hostages, including his daughter and love interest. He realizes no one knows the place better than he does, and he mounts his trusty steed, a Segway and goes to the rescue. This is, that's the movie. Okay. That's it. Note, that, note. that is the entirety of the film. Daughter and love interest, not the same person. Oh, that's, that's an important <laughs> thing to know. That's a very important distinction that uh, Google should have made in the plot summary right there. I think you're right. Yes, they're very different. Um, so this is a movie from Happy Madison. Yeah. 
can we just end the show? Can we just like? I mean, I legit don't know what we're going to talk about for more than like twenty five minutes. <laughs> okay, well, I have to say, I have to say, I was, you know, there are many a time I see the name of a production company and I'm like, well, shit. Um, so, you know, like, but I was surprised a couple months ago when I went to see A Quiet Place and it comes up with a Platinum Dunes production and I'm like, wow, really? You know, so maybe wow. not, you know, not everything from one production company is well, terrible. Yeah. Not every it's single like, it's, thing. It's like, it's like Blumhouse, you know, it's a roll of the dice. It's like, this is yeah. either going to be good or it's going to be utter crap. But right. look, there's also times where you see that Happy Madison logo and you go, okay, I get what this is. Uh, <laughs> except and that's that, yeah, that's, I wanted to talk about as well. It's nepotism. It's never a logo that I want to be near Adam Sandler's <laughs> brand of humor is just it's not for me this isn't even Adam Sandler brand no it's humor. not it's it's Sandler adjacent humor <laughs> it's like but like blander and more family oriented it's so bland and like, that, that's one of the discussion topics I really wanted to get into is I feel like there was a point very early on in Happy Madison um, where there were films that were coming out in the late 90s, early 2000s that became hallmarks, uh, at least for those who love Sandler comedy, right? The Longest Yard, Fifty First Dates, Mr. D. Look, I won't, I won't um, lie that I enjoy uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Those movies have their strengths. Well, the thing about those, though, is that, is that they're not actually part of this studio. True. They, 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 they preceded the it. Yeah. Um, the is The Wedding Singer part of this? No, it got started in 1999. Oh. Its first movie, of course, was Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. Uh, oh, and that didn't shut some, it down? <laughs> there are some movies on here that I look at, and I'm like, yeah. The, I mean, for a brand of people who like movies like Click, this is their kind of studio. And more recently, in the last decade or so, like post-Click, <laughs> um, they have yet to have a good movie, like in any capacity. Like, we're talking about Joe Dirt 2, The Grown Ups Movies, Pixels, That's My Boy, Sandy Wexler, like The Week Of, that literally came out like this week and is apparently god awful. <laughs> when did Happy Madison become so, so bad? Well, here's what I want to know is Jason DeSandler? Who's what I want to know is who's funding it? It can't just be Adam Sandler. It, uh, yeah, it can't maybe. just be. Maybe it's like Uva Bowl and how like he keeps getting funding because people are using his movies as tax shelters. So, you know <laughs> what? I'm looking, I'm looking at these movies and let us not forget that Grown Ups 2 grossed $250 million <sighs> worldwide. God. Let us not forget. We did like 180. Right? They Pixels, are Pixels also $250 million. Oh, I feel, I mean, okay. You, I understand you want a movie where you can just like turn off your brain and say, wow, that's funny. Okay, go rent I didn't, a Marx Brothers movie. Go watch no, anything about that whole, right. Go That whole like a movie where you can laugh. I didn't uh, laugh once in this movie. I, la I like chuckled twice. And I, I wrote down each time. Okay, let's hear them. I want to hear what they are. Oh, okay. Uh, I actually generally laughed uh, when they're putting together his video for the dating site. And they okay, that, that video was pretty segue. great. That video was pretty great. Oh, is it Segway dancing? Okay, and then um, 
near the end where like all the different police agencies are kind of battling over who has jurisdiction and then one guy says yeah you and what army so he has an army yeah yeah Yeah. i chuckled at that one that was it i didn't chuckle but i liked the gag of him coming out of the ball pit straight up on a segue (laughs) as if he was like rising up like a vampire out of his tomb like nosferatu yeah yeah yeah, that was that was a clever reference I liked I Kevin James playing rock band while people fleed in the background and started slamming on the doors to try to get his attention. Um, that was amusing to me. But yeah, I mean, this is... <sighs> there's not a lot of laughs in 30, this movie for me. 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that... I, here's, here's the thing. I do want to mention this. There's an audience for this movie. And it is my girlfriend. Because we watched this movie... And she voted for it when she saw it was on our list. Claire. In part did this to us. Oh, honey. And um, she loves this movie. She thinks it's endearing. Okay. Why? Hey, Claire. Why? I need to know why. Why? Come here. Claire is. I'm calling her over. She's a tremendously nice girl. She gives a lot of time to charity. I'm giving you the microphone. She's a good person. We need to know. I want you to tell us why you like Paul Blart's Mall Cop. Okay, wait, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because it is so charming and so funny. I don't know how you said there's what? not a laugh. I'm laughing <laughs> the whole time. He passes out and he has to pour pixie sticks in his mouth to stay awake. Like, it's hilarious. What? And it's so corny. I know what's going to happen next. It's predictable. But I love it because it's really fun. There we go. Uh, special appearance from Claire Child. Brett, get away uh, thanks, from this woman. Thanks, get away from her. She does not have your best interest at heart. <laughs> um, so there we go. We have, a, we have a live take from someone that is not us. And here's the thing. Like, I kind of get some of those points because there are some endearing moments. Like, there are times when I feel really bad for Kevin James and I want him to get the girl and I want him to be successful and people are mean to him and it makes me sad. Um, but that's not a comedy movie. Um, so I think there are endearing parts of this movie. Right. I'll give it that. There's one charming person in this movie and that's the girl playing his daughter. That's the only charming person in this movie. Uh, so here's, here's why this movie just fails on so many levels. Uh, so let's, I mean, let's like, let's take this. Let's list them out. Right. Well, there's a very specific reason. So let's take the movie like Die Hard, where Die Hard is an ordinary... I don't know if that's a fair comparison. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, because this movie is trying to be comedic Die Hard. I, I guess. Okay. And so... Die Hard in the mall. If a movie like that where it's like where he, you know, he, yeah, is trained, but he's still like an average guy and not everything he does quite works. He's always like fretting and like always on the edge of, of and like barely scraping by. This movie, everything Paul does, except towards the very end, everything he does works. It is boring because there is no challenge. He falls over because he's tired and eats a lollipop and gets back up. That's not a, that's not a dramatic moment. Nothing, nothing is on the line. They made it very dramatic. Well, no, there is something on the line. Have you seen that lollipop? Yeah. Yeah. Everything, <laughs> everything he does except for jumping off of a van onto another van works perfectly for him. There are no stakes in this movie. 
That tree it's, falls through a skylight into a ball pit that's like, I've been to that mall. It's like 40 feet below the atrium. Yeah. There's just at no point do there I. There actually isn't a ball pit there, but <laughs> I figured. But <laughs> at, at no point is like, is he really ever feel in danger? No one in this no. movie feels in danger. I know it's a family movie, <laughs> but still, like, come on, guys. Well, that's a fair thing. Like, there are times in Home Alone where you're like, this kid is in danger. Uh, like, there's an element of danger to a family movie, I think, if you want to include it. Yeah, I, th- th- there's got to be a, like, a point where I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work out. Everything Paul does works out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's because yeah, no, he knows the mall better than anybody. That doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you talked about it being like a diehard in a mall. And at first I was like, oh, there are some fun little nods to diehard. And then by the end of the movie, I realized that it's just diehard. Like there's the moment at the end of the movie where the bad guy is literally shot. The, surprise, the bad guy that pops up in surprise is literally shot by the cop who has never shot his gun. <laughs> hands quivering. You don't expect it to be him. Yeah. Like, even that part is diehard. It's no, true. It, it is. This movie is just trying to be diehard with Kevin James in a mall. And yeah. I can't abide that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's right. dig. What else do we have to say? Let's yeah, there's even the bit where he crawls through the ducts. Yeah. Yeah, crawls through the ducks. Um, would have been much more interesting. Come to the coast and have a few laughs, but crawls through yeah, the ducks. No, now I have a machine have on to... ho ho ho. Uh... Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the script of this movie. Is the predictable script endearing or unbearable? This is one of my questions, and it was in part answered from a uh, proponent of this movie, uh, Claire. Uh, guest feature earlier where she finds the predictableness endearing because she knows it's going to happen. And that was a dynamic when we were watching this movie. Like I would say, Oh my God, he's going to pull out a, a really dumb looking bandaid. Isn't he like, Oh, he's going to do X, Y, and Z. And he always does X, Y, and Z. And Claire's like, no, that's what's great about it. And okay. um, I think depending on the kind of person you are and depending on how willing you are to let Kevin James be Kevin James, uh, it's endearing or unbearable. All right. I find predictability. uh, I don't, I wouldn't say endearing, but like comforting if it's a movie I've already seen Mm -hmm. a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. I've got it on, like I put on Howl's moving castle. I know what's coming. It makes me happy. It's a good movie. And I know every single beat of it by now. And that's great. But when I'm seeing a movie for the first time, I hate being able to predict every single beat of the movie. I hate it. I love being surprised. I love when a movie does something entirely unexpected. And I mean, I know that this that's not what this movie was going to do, that it wasn't going to be entirely unexpected and take it in a complete you know, turn around the corner. Uh, I knew it was going to be, you know, a a pretty much template comedy, but it's so predictable. It is. And that goes down to him getting punched out in the middle of the Victoria's secret fight over a bra, which by the way, would never fit both of those women. 
<laughs> I don't know why they're fighting over it. It's going to fit one or the other, but it's not going to fit both of those ladies. So, uh. no, I, I agree with you. It, it is, it is predictable. There is nothing that happens in this movie that is surprising. Actually, and, wait, wait, wait. There is one thing that happens that's surprising. Okay. Not that it gets robbed by the Santa's helpers. That was not surprising. I saw that coming a mile away just because they never get people who look that alert being Santa's helpers <laughs> at the Burlington Mall. I've been there. I've seen them. Um, but the, the fact that the helpers in the robbery are riding BMX bikes and Oh, my God. Skateboards. How is that not in our discussion docket? And free runners for some reason? Yeah, they're all doing like parkour around the mall. It's like, guys, none of this is. Yeah, I looked it up. These are real extreme sports people. So they had, because they, because this came out in an era where it's like, you know, it'd be cool. So they were like flipping around and stuff. <laughs> um, I bet they, they had a ball. They had a ball shooting this movie because they were just trying to be as creative as they could. They oh. were like stunt people slash actors so they were doing whatever they felt like doing i don't doubt this movie was fun to make it's a slog to watch yes yes it is more (sighs) fun shopping at the burlington mall on black friday than it is to watch this movie it i mean it almost there is certainly an interesting mystique of deciding to essentially have the cast of circus Soleil rob a mall (laughs) um (laughs) that's a movie i would watch yeah, this is not Cirque du Soleil. These are, you know, they're like if, parkour. If, and... if Blue Man Group okay. is holding up a bank, I'm in. <laughs> okay, that would be cool. All right. All right. Let me rephrase that. Like the X Games, like performers in the X Games are holding up a mall. Because there's yeah. no reason to them. To the, like, if There's no plot reason for them to do no. that. No. No. And no. that's something in our docket from Nicole is, does anyone understand how the Thieves plan is supposed to work? And I don't understand no. what it is. Stealing crap. Credit card. But, just, but how and what do the codes do? Also, what? like there is a reason that when you are a thief, you steal cash because you don't steal credit from all these different org- all these different businesses because that That's can just be reversed. <laughs> again, like everything in this movie feels like. You know, look, we, for some reason, have to, like, there's somebody, like, like there's a petulant child who wants this movie to get made, and they're just like, well, okay, crap, we'll make it for this one kid, Sandler. and we're going to put it, we're going to put the least amount of effort into it, mm. it's, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to, like, all, this feels like a first draft of a script, and they were just like, good enough, let's go for it, what are they stealing, credit card numbers, sounds good, film it. Oh, look, the guys are doing flips. That sounds cool. Sure, let's do it. Like, if they had had an actual screenwriter look this over, they'd have been like, guys, no. This, they've <laughs> got an actual screenwriter. I mean, it was Kevin James and this guy named Nick Paquet who's done a lot of TV writing. Um, uh, there you go. This would work great as an episode of Vestry. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, The Angry Beavers, oh, uh, The King of Queens. And let's see. Uh, now, screen. Okay, the see the screenwriting dropped off dramatically after Paul Blart, I believe. Um, he wrote Zookeeper, which I think is another Kevin James. Another Happy Madison movie. Vehicle. Wait, hold up, I need. I feel, not another teen movie. Ooh. I feel compelled to point out he did not write the Angry Beavers. He is the voice of 
Norbert oh. Beaver. I, I, will, I will give him credit. He wrote one very nice episode of Young Sheldon, which I enjoyed. And he was the voice of Salem? What? What? Okay. So, <laughs> so he's written a lot of TV. So it's, he's a small screenwriter. And he's written Paul Blart Mall this... Cop and Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Oh, yeah, I know. He's written Young Sheldon, Mom, Two and a Half Men episodes, King of Queens. Yeah, yeah he, has, he has that writing credits. And a lot of Supreme. That's weird that he was a writer and the voice of Salem and, and Living Color. Anyway, yes. this feels like a, like a Hallmark kind of movie. Like, this could have been a TV movie, and I would have given it more credit for that. Yes. But they needed that big budget to blow up a rainforest cafe. Right, which I've been to. I've been, right. I, live, I live within like 15 miles of this mall. I love I, that when that got brought up, Brett's question was, <laughs> is it as disappointing as every other rainforest cafe? <laughs> I don't know which rainforest wow. cafe. You know, you've been to one in what you said, the MGM Grand in Vegas? The MGM Grand, which I am sure, as I said, has likely been replaced by a strip club like everything else that was wholesome in Las Vegas. Oh, there's, I don't think there's any rainforest cafes left. Okay, well, speaking of, like, predictable, endearing experiences, I actually enjoyed the Rainforest Cafe, even though, you know, you know, there's going to be a thunderstorm every 20 minutes, and the <laughs> apes are going to hoot, and the elephant's going to trumpet, and there's going to be fish swimming in an archway over the entrance, and there's For... an alligator out front to throw pennies at, and a gift shop, and bar very good barbecue chicken pizza, so... You know, it's, I enjoy it. Other people might not. See, as someone from Colorado and South Park fans will be very familiar with this because they did parody it to great success. Whenever I go to the Rainforest Cafe, I'm painfully reminded of Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita. I am unfamiliar um, with Casa Bonita. Okay, Casa so Bonita is the Rainforest Cafe on steroids with cliff divers, <laughs> a cave you can run through and search for gold, and puppet shows. And uh, it's <laughs> horrific. So whenever I... And that's, that's in Denver. So whenever I think of the Rainforest Cafe, I think of Casa Bonita. Okay. Um, there are still many locations open. Yeah, there's one, there's one in the North Shore in here in Chicago. That's there's right one in Arizona. There's Rock. one in Tokyo, which I don't even <laughs> want to know. Though is this seems really more up Tokyo's alley. This movie is. We're looking up but Rainforest Cafe. I think they, they did, they did the, not take the, nearly enough advantage of the animatronic creatures in the Rainforest Cafe in this movie. No. There's See, far more they could have if, done. If, if uh, the Born in Burlington Mall closed April 25th, 2016, for the record. Oh, I know. If this, movie, if this movie had gone more Home Alone than Die Hard, we could, have, we could have had something. I thought something was coming. He was picking up parts of things in all the different stores. And by the way, he's stealing, thank you very much, <laughs> I, stores to build his contraptions. How did the bad guy have a plane just waiting for him to take him to the Cayman Islands? Charter, man. <laughs> uh, I will say another one of my favorite scenes that I did like. There's, a, there's actually an airport nearby. There's the, the Bedford airfield. I like that I was just sitting there waiting. Yeah. Right. Um, but I will say one of my favorite scenes I did like was him spending way too much time trying to get a birthday card for Amy. Uh, <laughs> not interested. Are you going to get the right uh, one? 
Right. He has to get the right one. And he got one that was, it said like to the only one or something like that. I, I mean, time is unclear in this movie, but I think it's within the space of a couple days. I know he's, he's known this girl for what, like a couple months, like just, just passing, not really talking to her. And he gets her this card that's like, I think you're the one, you know, that's creepy. Yeah, that's not it's, cute. Uh, that's creepy. Yeah, the whole thing was creepy. And also, let's talk about tattoo shops, because tattoo shops won't tattoo you if you're drunk. And the ones that will, sure, though, maybe they're going to do a, a, a little Loch Ness monster there. But that full piece on his back, that's hours worth of work. I don't know. It's all black. It's, it's... No, the one on his back, the full back one that he has what? at the end? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was red and orange and all so, sorts of sunrise colors. I wonder if maybe it was supposed to be like from a previous time he got drunk. But if it's supposed to be from this time, that means that like some tattoo artist like, put a pot of coffee on, we're going all night. Yeah, no <laughs> reputable tattoo shop will tattoo you while you're drunk. Not just because your judgment might be impaired, but because you bleed a lot more when you're drunk. Yeah, it's a lot more to clean up. Mm. Yeah. I, I really did not like that Like he was grabbing her while drunk. That yeah, that whole scene was uncomfortable. That was very uncomfortable in the not your average shows while he's playing. I mean, kudos to the karaoke singer in the background who is actually played by Kevin James's brother. Yep. Um, of course, of but course. He's, <laughs> he's he's doing a decent job, but yeah, yeah, that was really uncomfortable. The, the only guy who's singing karaoke, like this guy's monopolized the next thirteen spots. Yeah, he makes a very clumsy, creepy come on to Amy yeah. while he's drunk. Yeah, it's so. real bad. It's real bad. I just also want to point out, I saw the Rainforest Cafe Wikipedia page open. <laughs> in popular culture, the restaurant in Burlington Mall appears in the 2009 film Paul Blart Mall Cup. All right. I'm going to close um, that now. <laughs> so, yes, there you go. And, you know, like the next... I guess the next day, the timeline's not 100% clear. Yeah, the timeline is real confusing. Um, but, like, he, he apologizes sort of to Amy. He never actually says, I'm sorry, or I hit on you and that was creepy. He and I'm sorry. Her. That was weird. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, like, grab her boob or anything. I mean, he, like, no, grabs he, like, her grabs her arm shoulder. and stuff. And you yeah. Don't, you don't do that. And he, all he does is he asks that she doesn't write him off. He's like, everybody else that I know writes me off because I'm a sad sack and I'm socially inept and people don't like me. Please don't write me off because this is not, you know, a plea for your pity in any way. It's just, ugh. Right, <laughs> right. Now, one thing I do want to talk about with Kevin James. Nicole, one of your discussion topics kind of touches on a nerve of Kevin James here, which is, uh, is this movie fat shaming, self-deprecating, or both? Um, that seems to be his brand of comedy is just letting whoever is writing and directing, or in this case, writing like him, just make fun of the fact he's overweight. Like that is the only joke you can make about Kevin James as long as Kevin James has been Kevin James. Is it? I mean, it's old yet. It's old, right? Already? Yeah. It's old. Yep, and it's both of these things, isn't it? <laughs> it's, I think it's, so. I mean, he's one of the writers. Kevin James is one of the writers on this movie, so I'm assuming that he's written some of the jokes that are poking fun at his size. He he is friends with you know Adam Sandler, who you know production company and all that. I you get the feeling that like 
Kevin James and his like this the Adam Sandler makes movies for him and his friends to have fun. Yeah. And no, and I mean, you know, people who are overweight, they're well aware yeah. that they're overweight. Nobody who is overweight, particularly, you know, as Kevin James is moderately overweight, particularly somebody who is moderately overweight or greater, they know it. Mm-hmm. They are, they are, there is no level of self-delusion involved here. So, I mean, he knows. And so he's deliberately poking fun at it, but it's, it's like throughout the whole movie. And it's kind of, I find it distressing. I think it's, it's, it's kind of like cheap laughs. Yeah. It's, it's very cheap laughs and it's, I mean, he's uh, making them at his own expense, but it's still, you know, if this is a movie that's partially meant for kids, I mean, this is PG. It's not PG 13. It's PG. And so this is supposed to be kid friendly. And what message is this sending to kids who are overweight? Yeah. Well, he's been like that ever since King of Queens and earlier, right? Well, but King of Queens had the the classic thing of fat guy, skinny wife. Can you guys hear Kevin James right there when I'm playing? No. Okay, well, essentially, I found a stand-up clip of him in 1993 um, yeah, talking about when you're fat, you don't have to iron. And I don't know where the punchline is on that. Frankly, I don't really care enough about his comedy to listen. <laughs> um, but this is just so worn out. And, and I think Nicole hits on a really interesting note, which is I think aggressive comedy about like being overweight and whatnot is so like early 90s to me like it's so not in its right place in time to be used nowadays or in the last nine years i mean i think i think it's it's how it's done i've been doing stand-up comedy and there is a guy um brandon i can't remember his last name so i can't plug his stuff here but he he's a bigger guy and he's aware of it and he makes some jokes about it but they're never I mean, because it's himself. It's never like kind of like he talked about, you know, getting on airplanes and having to get like the seatbelt extender. And the whole thing of it is like, I have a secret with the, with the airline attendants. Like, he, you know, it was kind of this like fun take on not like, oh, you know, as a, as a big fat guy, like, which would have, uh, I just heard myself and totally threw me off. Sorry. Uh, which would have like totally been like and mean spirited. He kind of like took away of like, here's my experience with that. And I think that's kind of now more where, humor is in that is like here's the experience of it rather than like haha sure i am fat which is you know not really fun for anyone at this point unless you're a jerk now speaking of jerks though one of the not one of the most insufferable character of this movie is the pen salesman played by uh uh, was it Rana Zizi? Rana Zizi? So, okay, this movie, um, the way you know this movie is not going to be great is it is full of people you mildly recognize from TV shows. Yes, it's the guy from The League. It's, it's, the, it's the husband Never from the husband it. and wife duo in The League. The, the guy from The League, the, his love interest was on Glee and also The League briefly. Uh, the like special agent guy, the commander guy that shows up is uh, what's his... Uh, named Will and Grace the Will's love interest in the last couple seasons. So. Okay, this is how you spot the plot twist coming a mile away. Is it's like, oh, here's you know, here's Kevin James, 
and then a bunch of people I don't recognize. And, then and there's Bobby Cannavale. Yeah. <laughs> Playing the head of the SWAT team. Who has just a beautiful I wonder what voice. he's doing here. Right. I wonder <laughs> if he's relevant to the plot. Yeah. Taking it briefly back to um, Stuart, the character of Stephen Ranazizi. Yes. Uh, his character is the... 1990s high school bully hey you're fat i don't really have a punchline i'm just gonna call you fat and i'm the less attractive less funny dane cook oh my gosh well and then Um, he he ended up lying about almost being in 9-11 it's it's not a great thing to be that guy wait who dane cook or the other guy no the other guy oh i was like oh man um okay <laughs> jesus um just anecdotally dan cook uh always look up the av club's beef with dan cook it's amazing they have been back and forth now for like 15 years okay. and um yeah he's invited them to like spa getaways and they blast his movies i digress <laughs> um and one thing i noticed as well is like you have really like you have some mild like happy madison like there's always the same movie and the, the same people in these movies, right? But in this movie, it's like they couldn't get the big names, right? No. Like they couldn't get no David Spade. Um, right. There's no David Spade. No Speaking Rob. Which, uh, What's it? Um, oh, I can't remember. I, I don't, Rob, Schneider. Like, no, Rob Schneider. Yeah. No crazy eyes. Right. Rob, Rob Schneider. If you can't get Rob Spade. Schneider in your <laughs> Happy Madison movie, <laughs> you know it's the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Right. I know. Speaking of, of David Spade, he has a very lovely. Uh, tribute to his uh, sister-in-law who passed yes. away this week, which is um, horrible. But uh, my point is, is you get the B, like the bottom B-list actors. Like for example, you get um, Bobby Cannavale. Well, not Bobby Cannavale. You get who's the guy playing the head security guard? Oh yeah, uh, Alan Covert. This is the guy you get. He, now he's only this credited as no, no, no. Alan wasn't. No, no. He was. He wasn't the head of security. He was, but he was another one of the security guards. Right. He's the guy that just lets the Santa's helpers walk in, um, and he's been in like a dozen Adam Sandler movies. Wedding Singer. He was in that. Um, and then you also have uh, what's his name, the older Israeli man, um, uh, Eric, Eric Avari. Yeah. Yeah. You have him just like showing up. And uh, oh no, I'm sorry, he's Indian, not Israeli. And um, yeah, like he's, he's, he's a, DJ, the guy at the phone stand who gives right, right. And he's been a ton of, of 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 Happy Madison movies, probably most notably Mr. Deeds. So you get these same people in all of these movies, and it seems like they couldn't even get the Happy Madison regulars to show up. We to this. talk about Pahud. Oh yes, let's talk about Pahud. I'm sorry, oh. I totally forgot about him. I kind of love him. He's kind of the redeeming part of this movie. He's so creepy. He's weird. He's planted a GPS tracker in his girlfriend's phone. Yeah, he's like stalking her. That's creepy. But it's so no, no. I understand that. I'm not advocating for Pahud's actions here. I'm advocating for how quickly he becomes best bros with Kevin James's character. Um, And I love his weird little shrine house. He's always in shirtless, Um, and. Nicole's face right now looks very distressed, but I I find his character so funny. That was the uh, one part of the movie I genuinely laughed at. Oh no, <laughs> no, it's not okay. I know okay. that. 
The, the accent is not okay. The no, nothing accent, about his character is okay, but I found his interaction. The shirtlessness is not okay. The shirtlessness is gratuitous. Yeah. No, I know. Um, no, it is. It's horrible, but I, I kind of got a kick out of it. Um, and let's talk about this movie. Now we Does know why it was. gain anything <laughs> by this movie existing? Does it lose anything by it not existing? From David, and I think this really is the the penultimate question we can have this evening. Um, no, I just I just imagined a universe in which this movie never came to be. And the mall would have shut down a couple years earlier in 2016. No, no, no. The mall's still open. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, Rainforest the mall's Cafe. still there. Oh, Rainforest Cafe is not still there. Burlington Mall is still there. Like you know, a butterfly effect. Uh, you know, a, a butterfly flaps its wings in the, the hurricane in China. This, there's no butterfly effect for this movie. If this movie was plucked out of existence, we would be watching Boss Baby right now and the universe would continue. Like, mm. there would be nothing different about the universe. Mm. Is that fair to say about most Happy Madison films, though? Maybe. But this one just felt so... Like Zookeeper. Would the world be... Suffering have, a loss at the lack of Zookeeper. Probably not. I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm guessing no. It's like the worst version of We Built a Zoo, and that's not high praise. I mean, and I'm I'm really hoping that people aren't listening to this and thinking that we're being like super elitist. It's just I get angry at movies that don't try. Oh, yeah, and this movie did not try. This you know, I like try. Birdemic better than this movie. Birdemic is objectively terrible. And that's the it, thing. This movie never gets bad enough to be bad. Fun. And so bad it's good. Yeah, like, I yes. wasn't, like, laughing at, like, oh, that's so terrible. It's just, ugh. Yeah, like, Birdemic is objectively terrible. It's bad acting. It's bad writing. It's bad directing. It's bad effects. But it's fun, to watch because the guy who was making it was trying. Same was with a the room. project for him. This movie is not trying, and it's got a huge budget, and that pisses me off. That it's just being handed money, and it's not trying to be anything exceptional. It's just going for the middle ground and saying, oh, hey, go have fun. You know, at least when Kevin Smith just like hands his, puts his friends in his movies and goes out to have fun, he's Yoga not hosers. spending a lot of movie doing it. Yeah. He's, he's going out, he's making stuff like Tusk, which is insane, but, but it's stuff that he cares about. Yeah. Yoga Hosers, about I will it. stand by. I will stand by Yoga Hosers till the day I die, despite being as bad as it is. All right. Yeah. And Yoga Hosers is terrible. Is he making that third <laughs> one? I, I don't know. A third um, what? Because they're part of like a, a weird Canadian horror trilogy. Oh, the trilogy, trilogy with, with Johnny Depp in it is like the Canadian Columbo? Right. Is that exactly. what it was supposed to be? Yeah, yeah it was. Because um, he's like, it's Canadian Columbo. It's, you know, let me just ask you one more question. The you third know. installment, right. Smith's True North Trilogy, is to be titled Moose Jaws. Okay. Uh, I'll watch that. <laughs> the, so in 2016, stated, well, as of June 2018, no new updates have been announced. Okay. But again, well, I think this is a symptom of what, what Nicole is describing is a symptom of Happy Madison movies. Like all of yeah. the movies that Adam Sandler has been making for Netflix, they are Happy Madison movies. Yeah. 
all of them strive for that middle ground. Could Ridiculous Six be potentially funny if you tried? Could any of his ideas be potentially funny if you really tried? Maybe. Could and you know Adam Sandler has been funny. I've found we lauded him on this podcast, this very podcast, in our first or second Netflix roulette. Yeah, yeah, Punch Drunk Love we did for seventh episode, and he put in a really good performance. He was trying, you know, and he was trying. I liked the wedding singer. That was fun. I love the wedding singer. Trying. Uh, but this is, he's just, it's not, uh, I don't like big budget movies <laughs> that just go by the template. I don't like it. It makes me angry. Because they could do yeah. better. They could do Five better. Weeks I mean, from now. You know, producers want to make money and they go with what's safe a lot of the time. And, you know, like, kudos to, say, Paramount, who last year made, you know, who made Annihilation. And they made something else the year before that, like, almost bankrupted them. They spent huge amounts of money on. I I can't remember what it was. I'll have to look it up later. But they took chances with their money. And this, this movie takes no chances whatsoever. None. And let it also be noted that this was not the only Happy Madison production that was in, in voting. This oh, week. dear. What was Pixels the other one? was in there. <sighs> please don't do so. that to us. I know it's you. <laughs> Pixels to us. But but here's the thing. Pixels might actually be bad enough that we're going to find stuff to talk about, that we're going to find mm. specific things to like discuss and like tear apart. This movie... <sighs> It almost feels. I almost feel bad kicking it when it's down because it never got up. <laughs> because it is, as you say, in a, or as Nicole says in our docket, aggressively bland. Aggressively uh, bland. I know it's aggressively bland. It's 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 bad. It's I don't like. I mean, it's not. But it's not. Yeah, like you said, it's not so bad. It's good. It's just. It's just enough bad to be annoying and boring. And I don't know, you know, God love this kid, um, Rainy Rodriguez, who plays Maya, his daughter, who is the daughter of, they point out, an illegal immigrant who <laughs> yeah. married Kevin James just to get citizenship. Green card status, yeah. And I don't know what to think about that. It's a weird she, joke. It's a weird joke because she marries him and then takes off, which is not what you do if you want to get a green card and citizenship just by marrying somebody. And that's not how it works. And certainly not how it works anymore. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, uh, you know, I don't know where, to, I don't know where I was going. Except, you know, get, I liked Rainy Rodriguez in this movie. She was sweet. She was a nice kid. She was supportive of her dad. And that was There you go. Nice. And his 1990s uh, Windows 95 <sighs> computer that he's signing up for, like, what, peoplemeet.com or perfect, Perfectmatch.com. Yes. Perfectmatch.com. Uh, Which is not a long enough quiz if it's supposed to be a parody of Match.com. That thing goes on forever. 
<laughs> well, I like well, that. Like you wanna... got no matches. Yeah, which is not how that works either. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, prepared for it just start playing. Match or an eighty percent match or forty three percent match. I really was prepared for it to start playing all by myself, but it really it got almost close enough when he started crying and the daughter came in. Oh. Um, <laughs> now I'll kind of close with this because it does confuse me. Um, is, is Kevin James at all good at, at anything? Um, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. No, he's not bad in this no. movie. His performance is not bad. I really like Tim. But, but that's, it, I but like it's not good. It's not, it's not like, I don't think of Kevin James in any way, shape, or form as a good comic. And he has so I mean, work. He's not inventive. He's not, he's not your type of humor. But like, there's lots of there's lots of comedians who are very famous or have like followings, and I'll watch their stuff and I'll be like, yeah, that's fine, but it's not for me. Yeah. There are people I suppose who so. paid you know, people who made this movie make almost two hundred million dollars in the box office. Like, there is an audience for Kevin James films. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, you got to think about, you know, 200 something King of Queens episodes and there's something that people like about him. But I just find him aggressively bland to pull it from our docket. Uh, He doesn't work for me. So it doesn't sound like any of us would would recommend this program. Oh, heavens no. Hadn't to recommend uh, anything from don't even like don't even get weeks. drunk with friends and watch this like it's not worth no. it. I would I yeah. would say if you're gonna watch something adjacent to this go watch the wedding singer I can second that Billy Idol in the wedding singer yes is the best um, I love the wedding singer do that to us some week like that'd be great yeah um, so why would you I express that. that you want to watch a movie we're never they're never gonna do that to us <laughs> no I know they I'm might they might no I will they say, come though, up with something extraordinary. They might throw Casablanca in there one week, maybe. No. Right, right, right. Maybe. <laughs> though I really do appreciate that we always throw a couple of fillers in there that we know are bad, that we know you guys want to see us talk about, that have been in there previously. And we've yet to have one of those win. Um, <laughs> uh, so you guys always pull something really random out of the hat and this happened to be it this time around uh but we are going to be doing a you not a you do this to us next week we're doing a new to two uh we're restarting the cycle and i believe it's nicole's pick it is my pick it's this is the turn in the cycle where you know the same person gets to do pick two movies in a row and i got to pick the around the world and now i get to pick the new to two and we had to watch paul blart marklap and I wanted to choose a movie that was clever and funny. Pop and Blart Mall Cop 2. Well made and uh, that not enough people enjoy. And so I am choosing uh, what's on Netflix uh, for free if you already have a subscription uh, Jackie Brown. Oh, cool. Because I love you guys. So. <laughs> That's what we're going to watch next time. I'm down. I love Tarantino, and this is one I haven't seen. So I'm This excited. is my favorite Tarantino movie. Cool. Is he in it? I'm seeing a photo of him, and he's in all of his movies, though, isn't he? At least briefly. Uh, I'm trying to think. If he's in it, it's very brief. 
So, uh, but this is my favorite it's the comeback. Movie. It's the comeback for Robert Forrester. Is the comeback oh. for? Uh, oh God, I'm blanking. Coffee. Um, what's her name? Pam Greer. It's comeback oh. for Pam Greer. It's uh, one of the uh, one of the last roles for a while for Bridget Fonda. And a really interesting role for Robert De Niro. Um, and of course, Samuel Jackson's in it because Tarantino loves him and he loves Tarantino and they like working together. So I believe that you guys will really enjoy this. And it's right on. It's a smart at, movie. It's funny. At some point, <laughs> at some point, I hope to watch one of my favorite Tarantino movies. That's not really a Tarantino movie. That isn't smart. Um, from dusk to dawn because I, oh, it's like half a tarantino movie it's like yeah. half a tarantino really movie. obvious really starring, yes yeah um <laughs> there's a very which I actually made a, our good friends at, <laughs> yeah i made my good friends at our, our good friends at podcast for terror watch that a long time ago and we had a fun discussion on that it's a fun but that'll do it for us this week with movie go round again join us next week we're going to be watching what is it nicole again jackie brown Jackie Brown. Now I'll do it for myself, David Nicole. David, where can people find you online? You can find me Heck Yeah Comics Podcast, also on the Brokebot Mountain Podcast, and around the internet under the username Davluz. That is D A V L U Z. So Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. Find me there. And what about you, Nicole? Let's see if I can remember it because I've been drinking to get me get through this podcast. So um, I shepherd our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash Movie Go Round Podcast. You can find me on Twitter under at yourwordwiz. That's Y-O-U-R-W-O-R-D-W-H-I-Z. And I now have a letterboxed account under Nicole underscore Davis. Right on. My name is Brett Stewart. Find me on brettdavidstewart.com, on Twitter at Rivers Rubin. If you like the show and you use Twitter and Facebook, first of all, follow us there. Nicole does a great job with that. But you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, Movie Go Round Pod is going to be the handle for that. You can email us, moviegoround at tiltingwindmillstudios.com. And finally, you can rate us on iTunes and Stitcher if you'd like to bring more people into this fold. That way, every five weeks, uh, these really just get increasingly um, more painful. So that's really up to you. You can bring us, you can bring us that following. Uh, but as always, it was a pleasure with all three of us, and we will see you again next week with Jackie Brown. <laughs>